Welcome. You're listening to the 3.0 edition of the Brain Fuzz Arts, Music, and Culture podcast with Joe Kamusa and Matthew White. Today, in episode 64, Joe and Matthew discuss compartmentalization of creativity. They catch up on the often dreaded life event of moving, studios, houses, and art. Recent experiences and the best, and not so great, practices of art handling and placement are shared. Matthew provides the audio pick of the day. For more information and links to resources on this episode, you can always find the show notes at brainfuzzpodcast.com. And now, from safe and secure locations at Brain Fuzz Northwest and Brain Fuzz Southeast, here are Joe and Matthew. Starting sequence. The protocol, the starting protocol. I had to go back and revisit my re- uh, recording protocols. Um, that's when you know it's been a while. That's like, uh, yeah. That's like with this all oh, the musical apparatus. Sometimes you get back down and you're like, wait, how do you do this? Right. And that is so scary. There's that moment where you're thinking, it's, has all knowledge been lost? Well, I have a notebook that'll bear testament to uh, how many restarts the last couple of years in terms of like kind of, you know, when you kind of get into start building some tracks in your project studio. Yeah. Um, and then I just see it taper off. Something that I've been talking to a lot of people about recently, those of us that have to compartmentalize. Yes. I'm sure you're having to do a lot of that, but it was kind of refreshing to hear some, it was a, a rival arts podcast. Uh, and with an artist speaking uh-huh. in dialogue, uh, but that that would occasionally be like full time musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds like you know kind of a going concern, not like you know me recording in my basement. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, could not make any visual art whatsoever. While you know it was one or the other, and it really? just and I thought you know that's. That's interesting. Um, and uh, one of my uh, one of our sources in uh, my man in Tampa said pretty much the same thing. You know, it's like each day it's either like a writing day or a teaching day, you know, printing, whatever you're doing. But it's kind of all all eggs in one basket. Now, do you think that that is specific to certain people do you think oh, the course. human brain of, just has to of, kind of, of work course. that way? I, I, uh, I guess you know I'm airing it my airing of grievances here an early festivus treat um, in, in ways of just not feeling bad or, or beating the hell out of myself for you know there's just times when I'm like I can't juggle anymore I can't do the music stuff which is just for fun yeah, theoretically right. yeah. but the energy that that requires right Versus yeah. the studio energy, um, I just think it's you know it's it's kind of sad if you think about it. There's 24 hours in a day, and right. But the the gumption to you know in this case walk down here, turn some things on, and get to work. And See, I think it's the I think it's the mental the switching yeah, of gears. Sure, it and, is. And so there's a transition period where your brain has to kind of you know in our last uh, in our last discussion with Susanna. That's a great conversation, by the way. I think so. We had a blast. Insightful. 
Um, you know, she, I don't think she spoke directly to that, but, uh, yeah, you know, you've got your domestic life, you've got your, you know, and there's the switching of gears that has to occur. And I don't know how, how much time does that take the average human brain? Yeah, no, she did talk about that. And I think that's the one thing like, and where I relate is obviously I can make that switch. It's not easy every day, but, uh, the walk out to the studio and there's, you know, there's, it's funny how there's still a little bit of ritual to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but whatever it is, it gets the, gets me working. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's easier than trying to also then say, Oh, you know, I think I'll take a little break and go, you know, play guitar. Like, I don't know why that just suddenly is like, you might as well ask me to go mow a couple lawns in the neighborhood. And then, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it really, so I think I think it's it's sad you should be able to multitask, um, <laughs> but uh, I do I do think it's a function of uh, you know of age a little bit um, and or just focus. You know mm-hmm. I think it takes everything, mm-hmm. and I guess that's the thing. That's what I was relieved again to hear this this person say. You know, like I just couldn't try to like write songs and be in a band mm-hmm. and uh, and try to you know make art and do all because you know that's the other thing it's like if you're just making art that'd be great but but all the ancillary things that one must do but then going back to, so then once you're done with that that project and then you jump back into there's then that period of kind of restarting and and uh, i heard a quote recently um where lennon was talking about um vladimir no john, john Okay. Uh, was talking about going uh, back into the studio. So during the time when they were not actively playing live, going back to uh, the recording studio and having to kind of get back into into that groove that they had together playing is because it's some of those even even though there was a lot of, of course recording trickery and stuff going on, they were they were some you know a lot of those cuts were live. Um, particularly with the white album and so you had to get back into that groove you shake the rust off and um you know whereas in the beginning of their recording career they would go in and do an album and you know all right right yeah um in a day two days but they were so warm from you know playing together live constantly well think you know the biggest thing there and we could talk for hours on that because like all those songs for the most part were still performed largely live and they because editing and tape was such a nightmare compared to mm-hmm. pro tools etc think about it um they would do 20 something takes or more of a song to get the you know the and still maybe cut yeah. pieces yeah but um you know so that i can i can understand the difficulty i mean even up to i mean tom petty is a great example of that like they were analog holdouts, uh, but you know, like damn the torpedoes. Any if you read anything or see any interviews with that, um, they too were looking for like near perfect takes with Jimmy Iovine, you know, behind the board. Um, can't imagine how much cocaine it took to <laughs> get those uh, records made, but um, but you know, like you've you've played music or play music. I mean, think about that to get a as perfect as a take and the and then the engineering side of all that like that's that's day, that's months in the studio yeah, yeah. you know and you know so it is it is interesting but uh the one thing to like the start overs um or feeling 
rusty or whatever. I think that also can be, it sucks when you first start because you keep thinking, oh man, I'm, I'm out of shape for this or whatever. But I do think suddenly sometimes you can, you know, fall into some new territory. Possibly so, yeah. You know, yeah. or just because you forgot to put, you know, bits music, maybe a piece of gear to a certain, you know, putting a knob in to five instead of eight. And, oh, oh that's interesting. That's a good way of looking at it and you a know, way to introduce happy accidents. Happenstance. And you've got, uh, obviously, needing to compartmentalize, but you've had, uh, yeah. had quite the year here with the studio move. Well, you know this, yes. So during the, in the middle of a pandemic, the uh, studio move, um, and then now we move to a, um, so this is a 60s ranch, and I've got a good bit of space with it. So in addition to safe space here, there will be another, a transition to another space to be announced. Uh, Nice. Yeah. And, um, and it's, uh, it's exciting. It's kind of it's kind of scary in some ways because there's a lot to be done. Um, but I've thought of, I've thought about some things I wanted to bring up with you on, on the record here in the moving process. And you have a lot more, more, um, you have a lot more experience than I with this. It's not a competition. Uh, yeah, but you're seasoned and it's a nightmare. Little tricks. No, I'm traumatized. That, I'm just traumatized. Yeah. So a lot of art boxed up in the uh, yeah, bride's collection, and you did it. So you, I'm assuming we did. Or yes, you both did. yeah. Now we so had you, you, we had movers, but in but I did not have uh, handlers. So you so I you was the, got to perform the art handling. Yeah, which have great respect for good art handlers. Well, I look none of this. I, there was very little that was done to proper protocol. I'll just go ahead and oh. tell you that, but. I did, well, it's a, it's not a long distance move. You know what? That's when stuff gets demolished. Yes, yeah, you're like, right. Oh, just, you know, we're just going around the corner. Those are the yes. worst moves. Well, there were a couple of situations with some things, the movers, but luckily, I did not. I, the movers handled what I told them to handle, and I held the other stuff to the side. I'm glad I did because there were some, there were some, there was some breakage. Um, but on the art, <laughs> but on the on the on the art side of things. Uh, Everything there's only been a couple of minor incidents, uh, but uh, so far so good. But placement of the art once you unbox it, okay, isn't that exciting though? Yeah, well, it's daunting, but it is great though because you see stuff in a new light. It, it, you totally do, and and that's what I'm enjoying right now. And so moving some things around and things that you know different angles, literally different light. But I was reminded of placement. Uh, a discussion I had actually with a brain fuzz fellow. Um, I'll leave it at that. I asked her, well, no, I told her, and this was in the previous um, house. I said, uh, you know, I went ahead, came clean, let her know that her art was hanging in the half bath. And uh, yeah, well, I didn't know how she would take it. And then also I brought this up with her gallerist as well. She said, no, that's okay with me because uh, it's okay with me. Some of the best art is in the, often hangs in the bathroom. And I don't know what your position is on this. I mean, what are you saying? No, I mean, pe- people spend a lot of time. Mm-hmm. That's, and that yeah, was depending, the reason. Which, which bathroom, if you're, you know, privileged enough to have more than one. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, no, my only hang up with work in a bathroom is just the water. Oh, no, no, no. And the, yes, I'm saying if you observe the proper protocols regarding splashback or whatever. No, I just yeah. mean being anywhere near. Like if it's, yeah. in, if it's in a room with a shower, that well, someone's showering humidity. every day. You, and then yeah. you just have to think like, okay, it's not a priceless, you know, mm-hmm. Picasso drawing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It might. Uh, there may be some wear and tear. But if properly framed. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I haven't thought about that. Although when I picked up some recent uh, uh, work at a framer, um, somebody was uh, literally having the piece brought to them. Because, you know, with COVID, you can just pull up and people bring you your work. Curbside, Um, yes. Curbside. And she's like, yeah, this is another one for the bathroom. And I was just kind of chuckling to myself and and I wasn't really judging. She's probably like, you asshole. But, uh, um. But yeah, you're right. You know. So I mean, what would you put in the bathroom if you just said okay? I mean, do you just limit? I mean, you know, I have work in the and there's work hanging in both bathrooms. Okay. That's you know work on paper that's framed, and I'm sure it's you know. And then there's work framed in other places in the house. When you talk about from a protective standpoint, that I'm sure there is you know at some times of the day there's probably some kind of harmful glare. And and again, unless you're living in a windowless gallery. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you going to do? Right. You kind of have to live with the art. And uh, so it is kind of a roll of the dice. And I'm at that point now where, you know, uh, you know those big questions like legacy and or, um, you know, uh, what, what, what am I trying to say here? Like about your work and it's not longevity, but it's, you know, obviously I, I take great care in terms of craftsmanship, mm-hmm. craftspersonship. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and all of that. But after a while, it's just like, it's out of your hands, you know, like, I think the greatest fear and uh, to me would be to, you know, you see those paintings like at, at, at a Goodwill on the rack at Goodwill, you know, that between family photos and, and your work maybe ending up there, that to me is, but we don't, you know, that's the other, the great thing. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Sh- well, no, no, no one's come back that we know of. And told, you know, what it's like on the other side, whatever the other side is. But um, I, I'm, I'm assuming we don't quite know that. But I get a kick out of it. I don't know if you ever see abandoned paintings on Instagram. But uh, and sometimes you see some amazing stuff just like, you know, propped up. Especially, you know, like in New York. I mean, mm-hmm. The sidewalk is strewn. And in these last couple of years with, you know, I guess being in our age range and with, uh, you know, parents passing and that sort of thing, you know, you start to realize like, you know, this is very upbeat. Sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, Hey, you know, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen to my work when I'm, I can't, I, all I can worry about is storing it and, uh, and, you know, making the best work I can right now. So I'm kind of just like, well, could, couldn't you put something in the last will and Testament and, sure and say, could, you know, I, everything just gets, Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Bond. Well, no, you don't want to do a bond. And I think even that kind of stuff, though, like, I think growing up watching television, mm-hmm. we always thought, like, wills were these ironclad things. Oh, like, yeah. I was like, oh, it's just an argument. That's all. It's just a setting for more <laughs> lawsuits. One, one, one mean, perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in addition to that, there's also the, uh, the what I would say, the, the curation of work around the house, right? So, around yeah. your new property. Because then you think, hmm, what's the theme in this room? And then you start hanging things together and things are in dialogue. And But, again, going back to your point, that's another way of seeing the work differently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had a good time. I, um, I like, treated myself to some, as I put it, like, real art uh, 
recently and also liberated some, some things that were in the flat files that I've had for a while and got, got those framed. And it just was just amazing to put yeah. some new pieces up and do a kind of shuffle. Um, Cause again, I think the, one of the only negatives of um, staring at your own work all day long is you're just, you're, you're the fatigue that sets in and the, and <laughs> yeah. the, and it's like snow blindness yeah. after a while. So to be able to see something else mm-hmm. That can also, you know, kind of restore, be restorative and or inspirational. Um, An- another challenge in this whole process has been, um, and you and I discussed this, the moving of vinyl. Thanks to your the collaboration uh, from your um, interim logistics staff, I think that solution worked. They're, they're the uh, $20 crates at Target. And uh, wooden crates and uh, surprisingly effective and carried surprisingly more vinyls than I, uh, than I expected. I think that's phenomenal. I, I also, probably because I was doing some research for you, um, now I'm getting all these high-end, bespoke yeah. uh, <laughs> record storage solutions. I've seen that word feed. more. And, 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 and more. they are like a fortune. It would yeah. cost like you know, three grand or more probably to buy these individual there. They look amazing, uh-huh. but with like a, your choice of what color, like yep. it's probably not glass, but you know what I mean? Like plexi or whatever. And, um, and I'm thinking if those things will hold together, as long as you don't move them, like if you're in college or yeah. post college, like that probably might be rough if you're moving every couple of years, but like you've got a, sounds like a, a good system that could also be made into something a little more permanent. Well, so temporarily, I have and and I have not been able to listen to my vinyl. I have not been able to because I don't have that configured yet. Wow! See, so that's yeah. like usually that's, the first thing yeah. in a studio or in a, in a move. It's always like you know you put the beer in the fridge and yeah. uh, and you set the stereo up. Yeah, no, that it, was always my first thing. Yeah, and, well, uh, I said well, <laughs> I set up. Uh, some makeshift, uh, I took make, there were, you, you mentioned the Bose wave radio, uh, with, uh, oh, yes. I, I hooked that up to, to listen while I was working that worked out, but the vinyl configuration is on down the triage list. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you obviously you've got to, uh, you got to have priorities, but, uh, yeah. but I just think it's amazing as artists, you've got and any kind of a move. especially if there's a studio component to it it's suddenly it's like it's two to three moves in one yeah yeah and and you've got the you've got longer prep time and oh yeah a ton of ton of ordering for you know packing materials for the art um but let me also in addition to your target discovery you know the other the thing that saved me on this was uh the Home Depot TV slash picture boxes. It's a, a oh, outer yeah. and inner, and you know what? You, I mean, you can very easily pack and, tra- and transport, you know, and then reuse. And I thought, why? Why are we not seeing? Well, I think I know, but why are we not seeing this more in use by galleries and and um, and oh, auctions? Yeah. In the, I, you know, in I'm these, always trying to think. Besides crates, yeah. Um, but you know, you can't insure. At least this used to be the case. I, you know, if you build a crate, I thought insurance wise, it was like one use. 
Yes, which I right. can't believe people are. But yeah, um, which seems really, really wasteful. But, but a quick um, trip home from your local gallery. I mean, I, I, I've just seen stuff in I, bubble I wrap, would, and then that's but put it in the back. Yeah, hey, I mean, all right, bub- enjoy your purchase. Bubble, bubble wrap, cardboard, yeah. plastic. Um, you know, I just shipped some stuff out last week, and of course, it was on the days that it was raining, and thankfully, it stopped raining when it had to be you know carried from the studio to the truck. Yeah, but. Um, you know, that was probably 50 bucks in, in plastic and cardboard and then wrapping that again and uh-huh. then making sure the folds are, if it is raining, that the water's not going to pool. Yep. And, um, and that was luckily, you know, like that's being able to put it on a, you know, uh, a conditioned truck that doesn't need it. I mean, it's awesome, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, otherwise I just think you're right. I, I've always thought, especially like for, the framed work to be able to have almost like the, uh, some kind of a reusable protective bag, like a pizza bag almost, if you think about it. Yes. Would be amazing, you know, to be able, like for, for local, like mm-hmm. you're bringing stuff to a gallery for a show, but to be able to, and that way you could reuse them because I the, the waste involved. So I mean, just think about how many rolls of tape you go through. Oh, and then you better hope you've got good tape because I uh, ran into that. I was donated some tape um, by the movers and... Um, Oh, is it that like, Hey, hey, it looks like you could use this. Here, let me just hang you. I'll, I'll let you have the rest of this, okay? Kind of like wink. And uh, I'm like, hey, thanks. And then I'm st- and you can't find the end of it. Right. Is it that oh. like milky? It looks like coffee that has a lot of milk in it. No, no, like no. That, it's not. No, this is this is that stuff's awful. There is so little tape here that it's and it's so crystal clear that <laughs> it's, it, it has like no. And then you can't. And then the, you've burned up like an hour uh, <laughs> trying to find the end. Like if you, you took your cumulative time spent oh, yeah. finding the end of the tape. Like, what's that worth? So, uh, oh, so many lessons learned. So many lessons learned. Um, hey, even though I don't have the uh, vinyl configuration at home, I do have it here at Safe Space, just feet from where I'm speaking now. And uh, that's what I'm basing the audio pick of the day on. And now, the Brain Fuzz audio pick of the day. In the spirit of audio pick of the day, it's kind of like look around, see what you're playing, see what's you know. And uh, this is what has been on my uh, on one of the tables here for a quite a while now. Muddy Waters at Newport, 1960. Ah, okay. Considered the first live blues album. Did you know that? I did not. Um, yes. So when we say uh, Newport, that's the Newport Jazz Festival. Although... Jazz or folk? Jazz. You would think, people often think it's the folk festival, but it was actually the jazz festival. On this, he plays... uh, This was only his, let's see, second or third release on um, long play. And, of course, he hits all the... He gets, uh, let's see, Hoochie Coochie Man, Tiger in Your Tank... Got my mojo working. So a lot is on here. You know, because it's mainly singles up until uh, then. The first record was, uh, you know, kind of like a greatest hits. And that was a way of just getting all those singles together. But then you have this live 
uh, live collection here. And I've often played it and been flummoxed by Got My Mojo Working and Got My Mojo Working Part 2. It's almost, you're, you're missing something. And then I discovered on YouTube, if you search Muddy Waters at uh, Newport 1964 performance, they actually, there is a film of the full performance. And this is one of the greatest live performances I think I've seen, a blues performance. It is unbelievable. And then at the end, uh, he's joined by others that were at the festival. And, um, and to listen to this record and then to see that and have a lot of what you only hear in the record, the record's strong enough, but to have the context of what you see in that film and then what you've been hearing on the record changes everything. It, it is, it is, it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating to watch. And then don't forget that with this, he's, um, he has James Cotton and Otis Spann behind him uh, on this. So it's just an incredible performance. And a frequent, uh, frequent uh, player here. Now, I have two versions of it. I have the... It's a Friday music uh, licensed by Chess and uh, Universal Music Special Markets. And then I have another pressing, a more, I'm more skeptical of, the Wax Time pressing. What are the years? Made I mean, in like the when? EU. These are both represses. Uh, one is uh, 2014. And, oh, okay. Yeah, and then the Wax Time was 2013. But you Which know on these vinyl forums, these guys how they will just, brands like Wax Time, they will just give them, because it's a lower budget, you know, and they often don't know, well, was the source uh, digital? Was it analog? And to me, what I found in my listening is that there's no no rule that you can apply across the board. Sometimes things sound better than they should, technically, and then uh, sometimes, you know, the things that you're paying the most for <laughs> don't sound right. as, as great as you... Um, as you expect. Uh, but uh, in this case, I have not done a side-by-side, definitive side-by-side. I think we should pause, and you should, because uh, I really want to know. Differences in, the, uh, differences in the cover here. Definitely differences in the quality. One's a 180 gram, and then the other. But I, I, I wanted to put this out there, and I think this will be an extended evaluation, so I'm not going to, you know... Um, I want to make sure I get my controls and everything in place. That's going to be a good kind of comparison to see if this whole thing is just BS or not. Yeah, I mean, I still think I would I would blind test it. Yeah. And um, but you know, it's as good as the room, the the whatever you're playing it on, and you know, again, going back to the that makeshift you know stereo we put together with various components at uh, Conklin Metals Building as part of uh, our residency there. Um, everything sounded great on that, that stereo. <laughs> was that the room, you think? Was it the room? No, I mean, that was a weird room. It was I mean, a weird we had, room. We had deadened it yeah. with a, you know, you would think, I usually like more of a live room, I think, for, you know, listening to music. Yeah. But, um, you know, we had to because it was so boomy in there, but I, I don't know. And I also think it's there's that thing of just like gives you that perspective of fresh ears, and you know, like you're getting when, once you do get the uh, your stereo set up um, in the new uh, in the new house, I guarantee you everything's going to sound 
amazing and then it's and then give it about two or three weeks and suddenly you know it'll it still sound good yeah. but it never sounds as good as that first like day you sit down and like whatever the chair or the couch yeah and you're like, wow this sounds so to, there's something about moving stuff around so to do a true test and true a b test should it be done in multiple environments i would start somewhere yeah. and you're going to need a faithful right. assistant so that you can just sit <laughs> In your smoking jacket. Who and, am I uh, going to trust? To you? I would gladly uh, volunteer. <laughs> masked up and uh, that's great. I've got to get. I've got to get back to unpacking here shortly. Um, so we'll but, pack um, this up. I have to put this on as usual. Uh, please subscribe, like, follow, subscribe, and uh, reach out. Hashtag Brain Fuzz Podcast. And we're on Instagram at BrainFuzzPodcast. And then also at BrainFuzzPodcast.com, you can see show notes, uh, anything related to what we discussed today. And that's it. Good stuff. As always, be sure to visit the show notes at BrainFuzzPodcast.com for more information on the topics discussed in this episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Just search BrainFuzz. That's two words, brain fuzz. And be sure to leave a thumbs up or a five-star review. Finally, don't forget Instagram at Brain Fuzz Podcast for the rare visual nuggets related to the show. Engage in the dialogue, or just say hello, and use hashtag BrainFuzzPodcast. Bye.